Welcome to Conversations Live. For more than a decade, we've brought you the best in books, entertainment, celebrity interviews, and current events. When the movers and shakers of the world have something to say to you, they say it to us first. Here's your host, Cyrus Webb. Welcome back, everyone, to Conversations Live. I'm your host, Cyrus Webb. Glad you all could join us once again. For our radio audience tuning in at WYAD 94.1 FM and WYADonline.com, we're glad that you all can be with us. Also, it's tuning in through our online affiliates around the world. We're glad that you all could be with us as well. As you guys know, we've been celebrating October for many things, including it being National Book Month. But today is also a very special day for our next guest. We're excited to welcome David A. Jacinto to our broadcast. He's celebrating his brand-new book called Out of the Darkness. And, boy, I was just saying to him, it is a timely book. We're going to take, talk to him not only about the book, but also what it's been like for him to share the different storylines in this book. The main one for me, of course, is coming out of adversity, not giving up, but also realizing what's possible in life. We'll talk to David about that message for himself, what it's been like for him to bring that to life in this book, and of course we'll let you guys know how to be able to get your own copy of it as well. David, thank you again for the time. Really do appreciate it. Thank you, Cyrus. I appreciate the opportunity. Oh, the pleasure is definitely all mine. So again, at the time we're having this conversation live, it is officially pub day for you. This is a story, of course, that you've been able to live with, David. What has it been like for you now to share it with the rest of us? Well, it's been a wonderful experience, and actually, you're right. I've lived with this thing for almost five years now. I spent two and a half years doing research and a couple of years writing this book and the second book, which uh, will come out next year. Yeah. And so for our audience that's just finding out about Out of the Darkness, we're able to meet an individual, Thomas Wright, who is, I think, in so many ways, even though the time frame that we're talking about here, uh, David, is something a lot of us may not think we can relate to, but it really is, I think, an interesting parallel to where we kind of find ourselves today. First of all, how did you find out about this story, and what made you want to be able to tell it in, in historical fiction? Well, it's interesting. Um Several years ago, my mom was sick with cancer, and I'd written a book, several Christmas stories, and it was about to come out in a couple of months. But she, being sick and blind with macular degeneration, was not able to read it, and asked if I might read her some of the stories out of this book. So I flew from San Diego to Louisiana to spend a week with her and read these stories. And during that time, I learned a lot about her family which I knew nothing about. She was actually an orphan, but her birth family was from a little town in Wyoming. And so I um, learned about uh, uh, a bit about that family, and she asked at the end of our week together that when she passed away, she be buried in that cemetery. So a very short time later, she was buried in that cemetery, and I found that the largest two tombstones in that entire cemetery were my great-great-great-grandparents, whom I knew nothing about prior to that week, and immediately started to research um, those folks and found out some fascinating stories, both in England and in our country here in America. Wow. And and in this book, again, for those who are just discovering, we're going to let them know how to be able to get it for themselves, David. We're able to see, of course, how through Thomas Wright, you know, I think a lot of a lot of times it really helps you to appreciate life, right? Because a lot of times we go through a one event and we wonder how we're going to come out of it. Thomas Wright in your book goes through a lot in his life. 
and he's still able to persevere. Talk to us about that, what that was like for you to look at, especially with the backdrop of the times, but also thinking about where we are today. I think a life like Thomas's resonates with all of us. He is a young boy who starts out at age seven. His mom, who is passionate about learning, teaches him to read. So he's barely um, a voracious reader at the time, but he goes into the mine on his seventh birthday, six days a week, pitch black, not even a single candle. The only day that he sees the sun is on Sunday. He lives that life for a period of time until a catastrophe happens that changes his world. Um, There are 26 children that are killed in an accident. And from that time forward, he and his mom make it their goal to make something of their lives. And he becomes very successful, a technical genius, some say, and uh, ends up fighting child labor and child trafficking for most of the rest of his life ultimately combining with efforts with a young Queen Victoria to make changes all over England and the UK. Again, so timely for us today. Did you have these these personal connections along the way? I was curious about this when I was prepping for the segment with you, David, about you know just how it felt. Because I think a lot of times, like myself, I was five years old when my father was killed. And I I will have people tell me, you know, you do this just like your father, or you look just like your father. And so I really have nothing to connect that with, with him being, myself being so young when he died. Did you feel those kind of connections, though, as you were writing this book of the tenacity, the fortitude, but also the determination that you were able to find when it came to writing the story of Thomas? Well, it was very inspiring to me, and of course, I did have those connections being my great-great-great-grandfather or grandparents, um, certainly I had those connections. And when I found out about the events that they faced in their lives, not only the explosion I mentioned before, but one in which he was um, prominent in an inquest for a, an explosion that killed almost 400 people later, and uh, the press went all over the U.K., rank, frankly, all over the world, because it was the largest disaster at that time in not only the UK, but all of Europe. And so, yeah, I wondered what it must have been like to be him in those circumstances and have to face up to an aristocracy that abused the labor at the time and men like him and the challenges that he must have had to face. I mean, he lived in a 10 by 12 minor shanty with a family of six. The Lord of the land who owned the mines, owned the villages, and owned the mortgages on their lives, lived in a 255,000-square-foot home on 14,000 acres with 500 servants. So the, the, uh, there was a stark difference between the life that he had lived as a child and the, the Lord of the land. Eventually, he comes out of that, and they uh, immigrate to America, which is another story, too. Exactly. So let's go back just a little bit, David, because one thing, and I appreciate you sharing that uh, about those, you know, those, those times with your mother and being able to read her, those stories. Talk to us about your own love of storytelling. When did that first, first uh, begin for you? Well, I've always been somewhat of a storyteller. As, uh, as a matter of fact, in my business life, which uh, I spent 
50 years in, um, I often spoke to groups of people, and in those speaking engagements, I used stories. Matter of fact, the first book I wrote was a composite of many of those stories that I had used in speaking engagements um, for those years. And I've, of course, enjoyed doing it with my own children. I have four children of my own and 13 grandchildren. So I have plenty of opportunity to talk to those children about uh, family and a whole myriad of other things about folks rising above their desperate beginnings to be successful in life in the hopes that my grandchildren will do the same. Yeah, such a great thing. And I think that's the encouragement there. And I think that's the connection, too, that a lot of people will feel with this book, which is why we're glad to have you here to talk about it. I want to say for those who are just tuning in, though, either on the radio side or online, you're listening to Conversations Live. We're excited to welcome David A. Jacinto to our broadcast today. David is celebrating his brand-new book out today, ironically, Out of the Darkness. We're talking to him not only about the book, of course, being released during National Book Month, but also what it's been like for him to share this story with others and, of course, not only being able to entertain, but also hopefully to inspire as well. If you all are not staying connected with David, we'll we'll let you guys know how to be able to find him as well. So, David, with that being said, as we kind of talk about this story, um, I guess an obvious question would be, I mean, it's one thing to discover this, what your mother shared with you. It's one thing to be able to share it with your your family. When did you know that this is something you wanted to share with the world? Well, you know, when my... uh when we buried my mom in that cemetery and I saw those tombstones of my great-great-grandparents the very day, um, it was in Wyoming, so the very day my wife and I drove down to Salt Lake City where they have the largest genealogical library in the world and uh, not knowing anything about how to do this, I had these little ladies standing around me showing me how to do genealogical research. So I spent the rest of that day researching it became so fascinated by all the historical events that the very next day I went back to that little town and hooked up with the museum director for that county. It was on a Sunday. Uh, luckily, I was able to find her phone number, and she broke away and met me at the the county museum, and we spent the rest of the day learning about the family and so much of that part of the community that her and I became good friends for the next two and a half years. And the more I learned, the more I knew I had to write this in a book. Yeah. I think that is the thing. And you were just sharing something with me, uh, David. I want to make sure that we share this with our audience. Um, Of course, the praise has been coming in. Uh, When people go to the book page on Amazon, they'll see a lot of the blurbs there. But you had something special being shared with you recently. Why don't you tell our audience about it? Yeah, you know, um, of course, when you write a book like this, uh, the publisher's forefront, Simon & Schuster, they put out what they call galleys, and these galleys go to the media all over the country, and some special folks as well. I got a, a review today from Tim Ballard and his wife, and some of you might not know who that is, but there's a movie out right now called The Sound of Freedom, and it's about children who are trafficked around the world and uh, some of the challenges that these children and families have, and some of these real tremendous success stories that have happened as a result of this movie, and even with Tim Ballard's family. And he wrote me 
an absolutely wonderful review of the book. He, his wife, and his family, some of his family, have read it, and uh, it will be on Amazon eventually. I just received it today. But it's fascinating and very heartwarming to receive uh, these reviews for something you've spent so much time and effort putting together. Right, exactly. And I want to talk about the fortitude aspect, because I think for me that's one of the big things that stands out here, David. And again, considering the fact I'm a very optimistic individual, my radio audience knows this about me, and even though you know, there are a lot of people who talk about the doom and gloom, I, I still believe in you know, the, the human resiliency and also the ability to rise up among difficult situations to make tough decisions to get things done. I think we see this in a very big way. Um, when it comes to your book, uh, Out of the Darkness, I want to talk about the symbolism here because, of course, we're talking about when people hear the title, they may think about the work that Thomas did in the coal mines, but th- there's definitely a, a bigger message there. What is that like for you to share that, how no matter how dark things may seem for us, no matter how difficult they are, how it is possible to come out on the other side? Well, that really is a major theme of this book, out of the darkness, as you correctly say, is more than just coming out of the darkness of the coal mine. It's coming out of the darkness of a very difficult, dark time. This family had lived for 100 years um, working in the coal mine under dire, desperate conditions. And because of the fortitude of a mother who was self-taught and a voracious reader, she was insistent upon her children doing something besides working as coal miners. And so of her children, all of them became successful in their own right. The youngest child became a journalist at Chicago Tribune. Thomas came to this country and worked all the way to the Transcontinental Railroad and became recognized as one of the premier um, technical men of the the century. Um, All of them, though, had successes in their lives, which shows you that all of us have the opportunity, even under the most desperate circumstances in this country especially, to rise out of those difficult times and be successful in life. And this book is really a testament to that. Right. Such a great thing. Was it was it difficult for you at times to tell the story? Uh, you know, I can imagine because there is a personal aspect to it. What I mean, when you kind of think about the life, you know, that was lived, the circumstances, the the horrific situations um, that he found himself in, was it an easy? And maybe that's the wrong word, but was it? An, you know, when I kind of think about storytelling, you know, it's one thing to, to have something come out of your imagination, but was did that make it? Maybe I'll ask it that way. Was it more difficult for you, David, to tell this story, considering the personal connection and what you were able to discover? There were tears in my eyes more than once when I read and studied and wrote about circumstances. When you write. Um, historical fiction like this. Of course, all the people, places, and events are historical, but the interpersonal relationships between all the characters are fictional, and so you have to draw on relationships in your own life. And in doing that, I tried my best to tap in to who these people really were deep down in their soul. And when you're doing that, it is very difficult, especially knowing that they 
laid the groundwork for your life and your family. On the front cover of this book is a seven-year-old child. The publisher didn't want me to put the face of a child on the book because they don't typically do that with this kind of a book. But I was insistent. That seven-year-old child is the great, 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 great grandson of the two main characters of the book. Mm. Wow. Wow, that that's amazing. That, and I didn't know that. Uh, I didn't know. I'm actually looking at the course of the cover now. I did not realize. So, I mean, talk to us about that. What was it like for you to see it for the first time? Well, you know, it's interesting. Um, as I mentioned, the publisher was not particularly excited about approaching it that way. So I understood one of my... Uh, daughter-in-laws was doing a photo shoot for her daughter in ballet with a professional photographer. So I asked if I might meet with the photographer and maybe take a couple pictures of her seven-year-old son who was on the cover of the book and uh, have some pictures of him. So I quickly got some clothing for him off Amazon and a couple of days later met with them and took a whole clip of pictures um, from that event, not telling her exactly what was going to happen with those pictures. <laughs> and then I, I sent them in to the publisher, and the very next day they sent me that cover. Of course, there's been a little bit wow. refinement since that time, but 24 hours later they sent me that cover. That family never saw that cover until we all met together for a family event in Cabo San Lucas, and I passed out copies of those galleys to all the different uh, my four children and their and their um, wives and of course she broke down in tears as did uh, a couple of others when they saw that picture because it was so touching and so personal right well I mean and then to be able to have now that part of history right to be a part of that that history um, has to be an amazing feeling as well something that will continue to live on is that your hope also for readers of this book david that that it will i think a couple of things comes already to me in this conversation one and i went through this with my grandmother before she died i had the opportunity to interview her um before she passed away nine years ago and it i think to be able to have that part of her story to now to be able to share with the rest of the family is important is that kind of part of what feels good to you that you're able to keep not only those that that legacy alive but also to be able to show others what's possible when they read the book well of course i I want my family to have this book forever and and the book to follow because the book to follow is about their life in america which is equally exciting but i think for the reader what i would hope is it as you said at the beginning of this discussion this is, is a family that started out in very desperate conditions, and they rose above it, and they became extremely successful and close as a family. And, there, and the love that's shared between the various members of the family, especially the, main, the two main characters, because there's a romance that weaves through this entire historical fiction that's extremely touching. She, um, she being the, uh, Thomas's wife, struggles to have children and they don't actually they lose their first two children 
and that's devastating for them. And they don't actually have their first child who lives, who becomes my great-great-grandfather, until they come to America. Um, there's, there's a lot of challenges, and it's wonderful to watch them rise above them. And I think, again, it's a great reminder for all of us as well. I'm sure that you have people not only congratulating you, David, on the book, but also aspiring writers, right, who have their own stories to tell that I'm sure have been coming to you as well. What do you normally tell people when it comes to how you did it, how you're able to draw on your own history and to write a book like this? Well, it's interesting that you asked that question because I had an interview this morning just on that subject. And one of the things I think is most important for inspire, uh, aspiring writers is that they be passionate about uh, the subject, that they are willing to take the time necessary to, to do their best work on the subject and to also take advantage of all that um, information out there about how to write a good fiction, about how to tell a good story, because there are dozens and dozens of books um, and I've read most all of them now that give you guidance and direction on doing it right writing a novel is not like writing um, an essay or writing uh, telling a story it's about getting into the hearts and minds of those characters and letting the reader feel the story in their own hearts and I, I talked to a fellow who just did a review yesterday, and he said he's read hundreds of historical fictions. And this is the first one that he's ever actually cried while reading it. And wow. that meant a lot to me. Amazing. Amazing. Well, it is, I think, a touching story and one that I think will continue to be able to resonate with readers. I'm so glad to have a part of this conversation with you to discuss it. David, again, everyone, David A. Jacinto has been our guest. The book is Out of the Darkness. It is out now uh, through our friends at Amazon.com. You can also, of course, order it from your favorite local bookstore. If they don't have it, they'd be glad to be able to get it for you as well. David, I really appreciate you sharing part of your release day with us, as well as being a part of National Book Month with us as well. How can our audience stay connected with you? Well, thanks, Iris. I think the best thing is to uh, is to go online on Amazon, and there's a connect. There's a, um, a link there that they can connect with me. And um, okay. there's a second book coming out next year, and I'm hopeful that there'll be others. All right. Well, definitely looking forward to being able to chat with you again. Again, David, congratulations to you, and I really appreciate the time today. Thanks, Iris. I really appreciate the opportunity. Thank you, and we thank your audience for tuning in to another great segment of Conversations Live. Until next time, I'm your host, Cyrus Webb, saying as always, enjoy your day, enjoy your life, enjoy your world. Thank you all for choosing Conversations Live, and let's go make today amazing. Take care. <laughs>